Hey, this is Greg. Thanks for tuning in to the Digital Bounds podcast. Just a formality, this episode covers a really noisy strike. It can be kind of annoying, but the words being said and the message coming across is really important, so I hope you'll understand. Thanks. Now back to the show. Outside of the Verizon store on 34th and 6th in New York City, the sounds of protest could be clearly heard. As I walk on my way to Times Square, I notice a woman shaking what was easily the loudest instrument in the picket line. Her name is Nina, and when I asked her if she'd like to comment on the strike, she was more than enthusiastic. Would I love to comment on the strike? We've been here for the company when we were small, when we were New York Now, I'm just as aware as anyone that the term fair share can be pretty eye-roll-inducing, especially when it's looked at through the lens of people being lazy freeloaders. But that's where the disconnect comes in. Some of these workers have worked for Verizon longer than I've been alive. Here's Nina again. This time, I'll let the rest of our exchange play out. The company's growth that Nina's talking about, that has to do with Verizon's status as a telecommunication powerhouse. Verizon currently serves as the largest telecom provider in America, with over 140 million customers. And while outsourcing may be extremely profitable for the company, it scares workers like Nina and angers workers like Thomas, who's also outside of the Verizon store. Beside him is his son, Corey, who can't be older than 12. He's shy at making eye contact, but his dad doesn't hold back, especially when it comes to expressing his frustrations with Verizon. Here's Thomas. We're out here on strike against Verizon because basically they are just another example of corporate greed. They make about anywhere from $1.5 to $1.8 billion every month, and we've been trying to negotiate a contract since maybe last, since June. With no success. We're basically looking to keep what we have. We should be looking for more, being that they make that much money every month. But um, just some basic things they want to get rid of. They want to be able to move us anywhere from Maine to Virginia at a moment's notice for up to two months at a time. If you got a family, how does that work? I got to pick my son up from school every day. Can't really pick him up from school if I got to work in Virginia for two months. Um, they would like to eliminate pensions. Some of us have been here 
for, most of us have been here for at least 15 years. They don't really hire too many new people, but if you worked all this time and now they want to just get rid of your pension, uh, double the medical premiums, again, just, just things of that nature, be able to be able to do transfers without seniority. So if you've been there 30 years and the person next to you's been there two years, well, they can get rid of you but leave that person. Just certain things that I certain things that I need. So again, and I guess another big one for the common person, move jobs overseas. Why are you moving jobs overseas? If you have jobs, you should be hiring people here. The, the American people need jobs. How long have you been working for Verizon? I've been working there for 19 plus years. Workers like Nina and Thomas, they're in the struggle of being heard. This current strike is the largest strike against a major company since the last strike against Verizon in 2011. And that strike wasn't successful. It only lasted two weeks and didn't result in a new contract, just a resumption of negotiations. One year later, a three-year contract was negotiated, but that ran out last August. Since 2011, Verizon has cut more than 5,000 call center and customer service jobs, and outsource them to countries like Mexico, the Philippines, and the Dominican Republic. Verizon maintains that they needed to do this. After all, people are ditching landlines, which theoretically means less money for them. Verizon executives maintain that the workers' positions are not in high demand, and the company has shown little interest in investing in their own high-speed fiber optic network, known as Fios. A later report from Verizon's own figures showed that $300 million were saved from reducing employee costs. But even with those layoffs, the top four CEOs alone at Verizon make $38.8 million. Verizon CEO Lowell McAdam claimed in a scathing LinkedIn post against Bernie Sanders' support for the strikers that Verizon has started redirecting its investment into broadband fiber optic networks like Fios. But that doesn't seem to ring too true. Fios has had plenty of time to start up, but has been slow to expand across the nation. In the case of New York, Verizon has actually been caught skirting around some of the agreements it made with the city to provide Fios to anyone who wanted it. Reply All covers this situation in their episode titled, A Simple Question. You should check it out. One of the most damning facts about the Fios debate is that back in 2014, when net neutrality was up for debate, companies like Verizon claimed that the additional revenue from charging for fast lanes would be used in broadening high-tech investments like Fios. But time has moved on. The company has continued growing, and Fios still isn't available to most of the country, despite the $300 million it saved from the outsourcing, the $8.9 billion growth from 2014 to 2015, and the millions of dollars it shells out in CEO pay. With all of the commitment to Fios that Verizon proclaimed in 2014, and both their willingness and insistence to change the very fabric of the internet, why haven't they picked up the speed on investing in that infrastructure? I guess some answers just don't come that easily. That's our show. This is Greg for Digital Bounds. Check us out at digitalbounds.com and follow us on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where we are all digital bounds.